if I was a parent of a kid growing up playing running back and to see what has happened to the position, I would move my kid to a different position. No, you no, can't no, no. say I'm that. Saying, I'm just being you honest, bro. You can't say that, man. You're in Pop Warner. You ain't thinking about the damn NFL. <laughs> What are you talking about? Mark Ingram said it. He did Mark say Ingram it. Mark Ingram said he it. I was like, Mark, come on, man. He you know better it. than that. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to RG3 and the Ones presented by Way Sports and Entertainment. I'm your host, Robert Griffin III. Some of you may know me as the Heisman Trophy winning quarterback from Baylor University. Others of you may know me as the Rookie of the Year Pro Bowl quarterback for the Washington Commanders. But I'm also the guy that said fudging fudging on national TV this past week on Monday Night Countdown. And I just want all those Justin Field haters to know, ha, told you so. But you're gonna hear a lot of dad jokes. I'm a girl dad of four, so I have a lot of practice at that. Luckily, my wife is here taking care of them in the room so that I can do this show with you guys. And remember, we're gonna have episodes dropping every single Thursday. So make sure you subscribe on YouTube. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. And wherever you get your podcasts, and make sure you follow us on social media at RG3 and the ones. Again, follow us on social media at RG3 and the ones. All right, coming up on this episode, the one who will be joining me maybe or maybe not be able to bench press a grizzly bear. That's right. I'm talking about Mr. Austin Eckler himself, running back extraordinaire. And lastly, I'm going to talk to you guys about a couple of players I want you to keep your eyes on going into this next week. But first, I got to set the record straight for some things that happened in week five. All right, guys, there's a lot of speculation out there right now about is Brock Purdy really him? So I ask you, is Brock Purdy him or is it just all the weapons that he has around him? Well, I have to be honest. I think it is Brock Purdy. I think Brock Purdy is him. And I'm well aware that he has the damn Avengers around him with two number one wide receivers and Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk. I know he's got a number one tight end and George Kittle. He's got a number one running back, dynamic guy, Christian McCaffrey, and he's got the best left tackle in all of football in Trent Williams. Oh, but wait, you thought I was finished? Oh, no, no. He's also got a number one defense led by Fred Warner, who is an absolute dog. I mean, he's the first player since Navarro Bowman to have a sack and interception and a forced fumble in the same game. So it's no secret that Brock Purdy literally has all the help in the world to make him be a decent quarterback. But what's taking him over the top and pushing him kind of into that MVP level conversation is his elite level decision making. Right now, Brock Purdy is number one in the NFL in QBR, and he's thrown zero interceptions on the year. So when you watch the tape of Brock Purdy, it's literally like he's always ready to throw. His feet are always in sync with the passing concept that he's trying to run. I thought it was Tua Tungavailoa, but after watching Brock Purdy over the first quarter of this season, he is making the best decisions at the quarterback position than anybody else. That elite level decision making allows him to get the football to his playmakers at the right time and in the right spot. If I throw a ball late behind a guy, it's now a catch tackle. Brock Purdy for the entirety of this season, especially this past Sunday night against the Dallas Cowboys, he was hitting his guys in stride when they needed the ball so that they could go turn the ball up the field like George Kittle did on his touchdown catches, like Debo Samuel did on his runs across the middle, like Brandon Ayuk did on his big catches down the field. And I think people are underappreciating that because if you throw any Jimmy or John off the street, into that quarterback room or into that offense, 
and they have the same amount of weapons that Brock Purdy does, it doesn't mean they're going to be successful. So what is separating Brock Purdy? It's his decision making. It's the fact that his feet are always in rhythm with the passing concept. It's the fact that he's playing with moxie and bravado. I'm not a guy that's ever going to tell you that a quarterback, no matter what the color of his skin is, is sneaky athletic. Brock Purdy's not sneaky athletic. He's athletic. I've played in Kyle Shanahan's system. The thing that makes Kyle Shanahan go over the top with his brains and his expertise is having a quarterback who can make the off-schedule play. So when you flash back to last Sunday night against the Dallas Cowboys and Brock Purdy's first touchdown pass where he escaped the pocket on a scramble and throws a touchdown pass to George Kittle, that's not something that Kyle Shanahan or the 49ers drew up. That was Brock Purdy using his creativity to go make a play. And to me, that's what's going to take the 49ers from Jimmy G and getting to the Super Bowl to being able to actually win the Super Bowl because a guy like Brock Purdy can color outside the lines when he has to. Sometimes life be life in y'all. So why not treat yourself to some relaxation and self-care? This week's episode of RG3 and the Ones is sponsored by Dr. Teals. If you didn't know, recovery is so important, especially if you're an athlete. And soaking in Dr. Teals to recharge your muscles helps to speed up recovery so you can get back in the game. Dr. Till's Epsom salts is the secret weapon to your recovery routine. Dr. Till's recharges muscles and helps speed recovery so you can feel your best too. It's time to work hard and recover just like the pros do. Grab Dr. Till's Epsom salts, soaks today. That was so bad. <laughs> it's time to work hard and recover just like the pros do. Grab Dr. Till's Epsom salt soaks today and elevate your game. Well, guys, have you ever found subscriptions you forgot about? Or any you paid for twice and didn't realize it? Well, luckily, today's episode is sponsored by Rocket Money. The average person has around 12 paid subscriptions, and they might not even remember subscribing to half of those. If you have no idea just how much you're spending each month, you need Rocket Money. Rocket Money tracks all your expenses so you know exactly where your money is going. Rocket Money cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. With over 3 million users and counting, Rocket Money customers have, nope. With over 3 million users and counting, Rocket Money customers have saved an average of $720 a year. It's a lot of money. It's a whole lot of savings you could use for shopping, travel, or, you know, date nights with wifey. <laughs> That's what I like to do. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com backslash RG3. That's rocketmoney.com backslash RG3. Rocketmoney.com backslash RG3. All right. Now it's time to get to our guest conversation. And this guest, oh, he is the one for sure. I want to introduce the man, the myth, the legend, Austin Eckler to the show. But before I welcome him, I want y'all to know a few stats about him, right? First and foremost, he is probably the strongest player in the NFL. Squats 500 pounds, can bench over 300. I can't do that, so I got to show love or I got to show love. He's one of two players in NFL history to be undrafted and have 1,500 yards from scrimmage with 15 touchdowns in consecutive seasons. I mean, he's got the most catches by a running back in single season in Chargers history. He's been with the Chargers for the past seven years. 
And he is the quarterback's best friend because when you throw that check down, this man can take it all the way to the house. So I want to say welcome to the show, Austin Eckler, man. How you doing? What to do, what to do. You've done your homework. I appreciate that. You know, I appreciate when someone comes in and does their homework and doesn't just drop us in and be like, all right, let's get straight to the question. So I appreciate the intro. No problem at all. As you can hear in the background, that is my eight-month-old daughter, Gia. I don't know what happened, but she's crying a little bit right now. Mama's taking care of it. So we're going to make sure we keep going forward on this show right now. So hey, that's how people know this is real. Like we're spending time out of our days to create this content. We got real life stuff going on, right? Go. Kids in the back. You know, I got practice. I got to get film. There you and go. Look, we're spending some time to give you what you guys want to hear. So. Exactly. Yeah. So I know all the people want to know right now you've missed the past three games. So how are you doing physically right now? Yeah, uh, the progression for my ankle has been pretty steady, which has been great. Right. And, you know, you know, you have this opinion on the early buy. Well, for me, we had an early buy and it actually ended up being timely for me true. in my recovery. So uh used all of the bye week to get more recovery. Okay. And uh, we have a Monday night game. So we can get a little extra day in there. Every day matters when it comes down to, <laughs> to injuries, right? For you to feel secure, or maybe 100%. like ah, like on edge. But no, it's it's been feeling great. Went through the whole practice uh, today. So uh, it's been uh, looking looking great for playing on Monday. That's awesome because I, I, I'm calling the, mon- the Monday night game. I'll be there for Monday night countdown. So you nice. know, I'm going to see you on the field. Make sure. You, I know you're going to look good. You're going to be ready to roll, man. You no you, you look like you're you know seething to get out there and play. But you <laughs> talked about that bye week. Talk a little bit about um, the early bye and why guys hate the early bye. Why guys hate the early bye? Hmm. I guess it depends on your circumstances, right? Because in my circumstance, I had an injury that I was going through and I was rehabbing. So for me, I didn't necessarily hate the early buy because it actually helped me in my circumstance. But right. however, if you're not in that scenario where you're just continuing to play, you're healthy, everything like that, um, it might be more advantageous for you to have it later on in the in the season. Correct. Um, for for a multitude of reasons, I would say one, so you can get you know a few more games uh, under your belt and then get that rest about halfway through. Right. Um, so I feel like okay, we have like a shorter sprint here. We have to go to finish <laughs> out this season. True. Um, right now we have a 13 game sprint until playoffs. And uh, also, I think it, it gives your coaching staff uh, a little bit more of a snapshot because right. during the bye week, coaches go and will do a self-reflect, a self, self-scout. self How are we doing? You know, what's the team looking like? What's our strengths, weaknesses? Who are we? And when you only have a sample size of four, it's a little bit harder. Yeah. A little bit harder because we don't have a lot of a lot of games under our belt. You know, you have a, you have enough to, to you know, critique something. Correct. Um, but. So those are two reasons why, you know, people might not like the early buy. Yeah, I think I think you hit those right on the head, because I know for me, when I was playing, I'd never really paid attention to the bye week. But it was much easier if that buy was after six, seven, eight games and you could do the self scout and you could say, all right, well, on third and five, we're running these certain concepts. Let's try to switch it up or give them something different. After four games, it's like we don't even know what our identity is yet. So what what are we really doing here? (laughs) And you got to think, too, like minds are fresh. Um, minds are fresh, right? We're like, we're just started the season. Like we're ready to go. Like we just got four games in and it's like, okay, you guys get a week off. Right. Where it's like, if we're at week nine, week 10, week 11, week 12, it's like, ah, man, like the season's been dragging. Like we've been putting in a ton of work. We've got a right. few months in, right. then we get our bye week. So we get a mental refresh then. There you go. So, you know, that mental refresh can definitely help out too. Oh, 100%. I completely understand that. Heck, my, my rookie year in 2012, we started the year three and six, came back from the bye, had a reset, won seven straight games. So mm-hmm. that, that reset can be really important. But I want to ask you another question because a typical bye week, at least for me, you know, I, I try to I watch tape. 
I try to get away from the game just a little bit for a couple of days, spend some time with the family, really resettle myself. But whenever I've ever had to rehab an injury during that bye, it completely changes the bye week. So can yeah. you talk to the people a little bit about how your bye week was different this year compared to previous years because of the injury? Yeah, um, really for me, I'm such a homebody. I don't go anywhere over the bye week. So the only difference for me really was I had to get up a couple hours earlier than I usually probably would to go and get treatment on my ankle. Um, for those of you that don't know, if you have a injury during the bye week, it's not like everyone gets the week off, you know, and they, the trainers aren't showing up and coaches get to go home. Like, no, coaches are in there pretty much every day. Trainers are definitely in there every day. Um, why? Because they got to get our guys back. That's yeah. their job. And so if we have time off, it's the perfect time you know, to make sure you can even slow down, rehab a little bit more, really be really attentive to what you're trying to do, what you're trying to rehab, come up with a plan um, coming out of the bye week to try to get you back as fast as possible. So I'm out there working out, running on the field, going through all this rehab, ankle mobility, heating it up, there you know, you doing all these, you know, the things that you do in there to get this thing warm and, and uh, active. And so, yeah, pretty much well, all but two days I was in there. Um, you know, but I mean, during the bye week, I mean, I, I love to build. So I like I'm building a bunch of different things off the field. OK. Um, and that's a whole different discussion. So I don't really go anywhere. Like it's my time. It's not really off for me. It's just right. now I'm focusing on a different subject in my life during that time. I got you now. Now, I've had a high ankle sprain before. Um, yeah. Can you is there a way that you can describe what that injury rehab is from you ran for 117 yards week one, right? Got a head caught, had a touchdown. You, you caught five balls for 47 yards. What was the process like from week one and how have you progressed into, you know, week three, four as you're coming back to play? Yeah. Uh, for those of you who don't know about a higher ankle sprain, it's, it's much different than a low ankle sprain, um, which a low ankle sprain, you can really crutch it you can give a crutch to a low ankle sprain you right. can tape it you can make it so your foot doesn't like rotate like this way right but with the high ankle sprain it's not no this rotation it's the sideways this way right. rotation right. And so when you have that you can't necessarily brace your entire leg from turning your foot um and so that's why i think well that's why we know higher ankle sprains are worse than the lower ankle sprains because you can't just tape it up and get out there like right. it's not it's not an injury that you can do that, even though it still is a sprain. Um, and so that's why you see it taken out, you know, guys for more than just, you know, the ankle sprain. I've played on ankle sprains. You know, we have right. as for all of our life. We've 100%. Had sprain ankles. Tape we it up, have. get out there. Get you know how it is. You exactly. Know? I still have Spat it up. You know, you're good. <laughs> High ankle sprain. No, sir. You will not be running today right. until this thing is stable. And so until I can feel like I can push off my foot and turn right. and actually have some type of uh, power and stability in that, like it's pretty much not, not playable. And uh, so I've been out for like four weeks now and finally back at that point where it's like, OK, this is manageable and has some strength. Oh, that's awesome. Because, listen, everyone asks like, OK, well, the high ankle sprain, like what really is it? And it's like, well, you're you're actually a running back. OK, yeah. What you do for a living is run and cut and jump and maneuver and have to run oh, through yeah. guys and put a lot of pressure on your ankles and your feet. So when you have that high ankle sprain, it's like that's a no go. But mm hmm. It just reminds me more and more of like how much running backs have to put their bodies through just to be able to play. So can you tell the people at home who are listening to this, like some people just don't understand what playing running back is from your perspective? What does it mean to play running back? Um, in the short sense, you are a human battering ram. That, that, I mean, that's the, the short sense. If you watch right. Sundays and watch any running back on any team 
We are getting absolutely destroyed, pile drives, running people over, twisted, bent, all these different you know positions that our body is going through. Okay. Um, and so for us, it's our job to make sure that our body is strong enough, is built up enough to be able to withstand that. Right. And it's also a coach's job to make sure that they're doing a good job, right? Managing our rep counts, managing us as players so that we can have longevity within our careers and within the season. Right. And so there's a balancing act that we play with as a running back because we know we're going to be taking hits because we, besides the quarterback, are touching the ball more than anybody else on the field. Uh, well, the center, if you want to play that technicality. Um <laughs> But as far as getting hit with the ball in our hands, it's definitely us. No one's getting hit more than us. Right. And so we have to be dynamic with the ball. And that that's, goes to, you know, what separates guys. You know, guys that are more dynamic can, you know, find ways to take on half a man, to finish up the field, True. to get in positions, to, you know, be advantageous, whether it's within the running game, right. whether it's in, you know, the pass game. And all of that is gonna, what's going to separate guys. And not only separate guys from a efficiency standpoint, but also from a health standpoint as well. There's an art to all of this. Right. And so basically I have to learn how to get hit. And it's kind of a progression that's been built up, you know, through through my career and every running back's career. And the, the ones that are the best at it, you know, you see the most longevity from guys like that and probably more efficiency as well. Oh, no doubt about it. And like when you say that, you know, just about everything that the running back has to take on, like I, I'm a believer that outside a quarterback. I know that there's some discussion out there that's wrong about running backs being devalued. I think it's one of the most important positions in all of football. And the reason I believe that is because you guys run the football, right? You catch the ball like a wide receiver. You block like tight ends and offensive linemen. And then you don't get the praise that some of these other positions have been getting over the past few years. So I've always been a little upset about that because I got a, I had a guy my rookie year in Alfred Morris who came in late round draft pick. Uh, I think he ran for 1,600 yards as a rookie. And he was like – I needed Alfred Morris to go do what we did in Washington in that first year. I could lean on him. I knew he was going to tote the rock. I knew he was going to protect me in the passing game. And he was tough as nails. Now, I don't mm -hmm. know if you know much about Alfred, but he kind of got done wrong uh, there in Washington and ended up having to bounce around a little bit and not get paid. But when you look at what you've been able to do, running the football and catching the football out of the backfield, who do you model your game after when you're playing? Well, I think there's, I think I have to, you know, discuss and talk to something you were talking about earlier, like saying it's one of the most important positions um, before I get on to kind of who I model my game because okay. it's, it's kind of interesting. But when it comes down to the importance of position, I think it depends on the circumstances of the player. Okay. The player can make that position more valuable depending on who it is. Um, and also the rest of the team can make, can rely on that position more um, depending on what the team aspect looks like, right. you know, um, with some teams that have an amazing quarterback that, Hey, we want this guy to be throwing the ball around. Correct. You might not have as much value in that position. And it's not saying that a quarter, good quarterback makes the you know running back position devalued, but if you have a good running back and a good quarterback, now your running back is going to right, bring more value to that position. Exactly. And that's what we're talking. What are we talking about here? We're talking about impact. If you are an impact player, you will make that position very valuable for your team, you know, and that's where the real value comes. And so for you to say, oh, the running back position or someone to say the receiver position is X, Y, Z. Well, it depends on who's playing that position right. because that could make it an elevated, you know, uh, priority for that team where it's like, this is our guys. So that's receivers, but it's not receivers. It's that receiver, right? It's the individual, the individual impact, which creates value for the team, not the position, 
you can, there's a lot of receivers out there, but a lot of receivers that don't make an impact. There's a lot of running backs. There's a lot of quarterbacks out there, but they maybe don't make an impact. Exactly. You know, so that's why when we talk about getting people paid, you got to pay impact players, not based off of the position, but based off of the impact. Ooh. You know? Okay. So, okay. Now, so, yeah, I got, so I got to speak to that. Listen, you know, you know, <laughs> I, well, hold on. We're going to stay here for a second because you are, you are preaching <laughs> yeah. right now. Because when I, when okay. I look at the position, uh, you're right. Just because – you know, Julio Jones or or AJ Green or just because they're a great player does not mean that it's receivers that add value. It's that receiver that adds value. So when I look at guys like yourself, you add value to the Chargers, right? Not just catching it, not just running it, but from a leadership standpoint and everything uh, in between. When you look yeah. at some of your your colleagues, when it's a Saquon Barkley or Nick Chubb or Jonathan Taylor. When you look at what they have gone through and what you all went through this offseason, how does Jonathan Taylor's new contract compare or impact the position in relation to what Saquon took to play this year, in relation to what Josh Jacobs took to play this year? And of course, the deal that you are the new deal you're playing under for this year as well. How do you look at that from the position standpoint? Yeah, um, they're all independent scenarios. And so. It's hard to compare them in a sense of money wise of like what they took, but it is yeah, yeah. easy to compare them in a sense of they were all in a pivotal point in their career where they were coming up on a free agency. Right. Uh, and all of those situations were handled differently. You know, when you have a guy like Josh Jacobs who was holding out um, where you have a guy like um, Saquon who was not necessarily holding out, but just very vocal about, hey, I don't want to be playing on this. Like I want to next. He wants next wants his next deal. Right. Who wouldn't? <laughs> he's a guy who's a high impact player right. who's ha- made impact and at any other position or any other person is going to be getting a, a contract, you know, and, and it just didn't play out for our guys. Right. With, with uh, Tony Pollard, with uh, Josh Jacobs Correct. and then Saquon. Um, and so those scenarios are all, you know, um, uh, comparable. And then the way it was handled is obviously uh, a lot different than it was us up to us as running backs to voice our narrative. Like we don't, Correct. we don't like this. Right. And so that's exactly why we got together and had that, you know, Oh, they got a zoom call. Or it was like, right. It wasn't even about the zoom call. It was about letting everyone know that we're pissed off and we're meeting about it. Gotcha. And so, cause then that, but that creates buzz. Like, Oh, what are these running backs? They're mad. Like, is, do we got to revisit this? Like we want these guys talking about, okay, the running backs are mad because we were, we're pissed off. And so when we finally see Jonathan Taylor um, get his deal, um, or at least a deal right. close to the top of the market, which is great. It's like, okay, that's exactly what we're looking for. That's what we would expect. Like, why was it so hard to get to that point? Um, and it seems like they made us, they're making us fight for it and kind of almost testing us. Like, let's just, let's see what happens. I agree with you from the standpoint of every situation is isolated just because yeah. I, listen, I want you to get paid. I think you deserve to get paid. I think you've earned whatever you're going to get paid here in the future. Um, but just because you get paid doesn't mean that the next guy should get paid if he's not doing what you're doing at that position. Exactly. So for me, you're a guy that has great vision, right? When I watch the tape, you, you know how to pick your spots and how to finish. Like you're one of the best touchdown makers in the NFL, right? Like guys that have a nose for the end zone. I want those guys on my team. All right. I don't care how for you sure. get into the end zone. So for, for you, sure. Describe to the people at home what it means to have vision as a running back. Like, what does that actually mean? Yeah, and I think it's really a pivotal part of my game um, because I am 5'8", 195. 
Like I am, I'm the smallest guy on the damn field, but guess what? I get it done. You do. Why do I get it done? Because I put myself in a position, not only physically to be able to endure, right? The, the damage that's taken when it comes to, you know, football, sometimes you can't help it. Like right. if I get, you know, hip tackled, pulled back on top of my ankle, I'm going to have a sprained ankle. Correct. Um, but as far as like taking the, the, the brunt of the heat hits, right. And making sure my body's there. So, all right. I'm a boulder. Check. Now it comes down to how can I manipulate defenses? How do I understand who's blocking for me? How do I under, understand the blocking scheme? And how can I set up my blocks to put myself in an advantageous place to go and burst and play at a high level and high speed? Right. It's not only in the running game. It's also in the passing game. It's why I may have been able to have so much you know, effectiveness in the in the passing game, yep. even though I'm catching checkdowns. Yep. You know. There's a science to catching a check down. You don't just go ch- catch check downs. You do, but if you do, you're probably just getting tackled. If you actually set yourself up, which here, let's get into some of this. So let's do it. Come on. For instance, like we're running, we're running wide zone to the right. There you go. Um, and we got our, we got our tight end to the left. And so we got, we, let's say we have a, a an under front. Okay. Um, so. All right, we got a we got a three technique backside and a five technique that yep. we're running to the open side. Yep. Uh, if, if I'm running to a three and a five and we're running wide zone, I know there's a higher probability that I'm probably cutting back behind the three technique. Now, does that mean I can just go and cut back immediately? Nope. No, I still have to set these linebackers. I want these linebackers flying over the top, but I'm setting it up. Talk to I'm trying to hold. Talk to I'm trying to hold them front side as much as I can. So, boom, I get the snap. I'm checking this five technique. He plays out, sets the edge. Now I'm watching my guard and my center work on this. Uh, three technique my guard i know is going to be working up to that front side backer yep. i'm setting them and i'm coming either back behind my center or i'm getting up and then back out and with my center as we go in the flow and so it's little things like that where you're able to understand the defense understand tendencies what type of linebackers are they are they downhill are they over the top all these little pieces that play into how effective can you be how can you set yourself up yeah i might not be the biggest guy but i'm in the right spot yeah, when i'm exactly. in the right spot i'm going forward when i'm going forward i'm efficient and so then it all comes out and plays itself out. 100%. And you are one of the most efficient running backs running the ball and with the ball in your hands in general. And you talk about that zone scheme. I remember vividly our uh, offensive line coach talking about, hey, read it one hat at a time on that zone scheme. You're reading it outside. If you see color, you cut back, you cut back, you cut back. And we always had that running back that would cut back too soon. So you preaching mm-hmm. that right there is hitting home for me. And I hope it hit, hits home for the viewer as well. But now break down the difference between like a zone scheme like you just talked about and a gap scheme how does that change your approach as a running back yeah um so just a little quick you know education for y'all out there zone scheme really our o-line is blocking uh, an area yep we're blocking this area anyone in this area and up that's what i'm blocking i'm working with the guard maybe i'm working with the tackle but we're blocking this area gap schemes we're trying to move i'm talking down blocks and maybe some pole blocks yep. and so we're trying to move people off um, their, their landmark instead of just kind of catching whoever comes into my area. And so with gap schemes, uh, we're talking, you know, maybe we have, let's say, let's say a, a counterplay where we have the fullback and, um, a guard or a tackle, depending on the front coming and pulling around uh, to set the edge and get up. And so if we're running gap schemes, uh, it really comes down to, okay, I'm watching the backside backer. Okay. Um, Right. We're well, I'm getting in phase with my pullers. We're thinking that our pullers are going to kick everybody out. Correct. I'm first peeping this backside backer. If he plays over the top, I know there's immediately we can cut back and get by and gash him. Um, that's instantly if, if he's kind of hanging back, I'm right back to my pullers. Right. And guess what? We're in the hips with my pullers and I'm making sure that I can get inside. If we don't get inside and my second puller is coming around, guess what? It's coming around. So in the gap scheme, there's not as much. There's not as much free flow that you have because it's really directed at a certain spot. We're trying to kick out this certain spot. And so there's not really 
holes that you can pick um, like you can and you can't really set it up as much um, as you can in the zone scheme. I love all schemes and I think some schemes are better against different types of defensive fronts. Like we can get into it. Like if you have a, a defensive front that does a lot of two gapping, which means they're not trying to rush up the field, right? They're trying to look over an O-lineman's shoulder and kind of do the play this game with their O-lineman. <laughs> like I love gap scheme against that yep. because now we got these guys that are playing, sitting here and they're getting blocked down and they can't move. Correct. You know, if you're playing zone, they can play the game and we call it playing the game within the game. Um, and so I've gotten better at doing that just with flows and setting guys up. Um, but there's a whole there's a whole method to this to this madness out there. Oh yeah, it looks like it looks like chaos when a running back has the ball and is running everywhere. But there's definitely a method, and in the the more fine tuned you can make that and understand and think quick through that, the better you're going to be as a runner. So oh. it's an art. Oh, Austin, you are. This is this is excited for me because I'm hearing you speak <laughs> about the position, and I know all of this nuance comes with the position. But the people at home don't understand that. Sometimes they think, "Oh, yeah. it's a running back. Hand him the football. He he's supposed to find the hole and do it." There is so much more that goes into playing the position than people actually know. Let me add this though, because my rookie year, and you know how it is. There's a progression to all of this, right? I didn't come in my rookie year knowing all this stuff. Correct. Yeah, you know, I'm going into year seven. And so my rookie year, it was literally like, okay, wide zone to the right. I'm running to the right, getting the wide zone, and then I'm making a cut. Like, yeah. I'm not thinking about, like, what's the formation? What's the front? What's the linebacker flow? Exactly. You know, and so uh, there is some of that. But um, what, like I say, what separates people and what creates longevity is the people that are going to be consistent and make a high impact. Right. To be able to continue to make high impact, you got to start understanding this stuff. Because if you're a rookie coming into my room, you got to compete against me. And guess what? I've been, I've been accumulating this knowledge for the past seven years. No doubt and so about it's going to be it. tough. It's going to be tough. You got to be, you know, one heck of a stud to come in and try to take my job. Cause I'm actually not going to, I'm not just going to roll over. You know, I don't care if you're drafted, undrafted, like you got to come compete and try to take my job. Absolutely. Right, but right. at the end of the day, like I'm out here putting my time in cause I'm trying to be the best that I could possibly flip and be. Um, and so that's for all running backs out there, right. you know, uh, when it comes to rookies, you know, you see some of these rookies that are really good athletically and they, they pop, Correct. but it's like, man, just wait until this kid, or, you know, commits to this, starts getting the knowledge and, you know, the, the ceiling that can continue to push higher. So yep. it's exciting, man. I love to watch our, our young guys go out there and make plays um, and get their opportunity to show what they can do. Yeah, man, it's, it, you, you said it right there. You didn't know it when you first came in the league. And we had this saying, I'm sure you've heard it from coaches, you don't know what you don't know. So right. a lot of times you're just going out there, you're using your athleticism and you learn on the fly. And I'm actually, yep. I, you know, I'm, listen, we're, we're peers, but I'm proud of the fact that you love helping some of those young guys because we don't always yeah. get that from veteran right. players because they feel threatened by the new shiny toy that just got brought in and they don't want to take right. them under their wing. I made sure I did that with Lamar Jackson and I'm happy that you've done that with the young guys that you have there with the Chargers. For you, who are the ones at the running back position right now, excluding yourself? Who are the ones that you're like, man, that guy's special? Man, uh, well, I think Chris McCaffrey's at number one, like hands down. Okay. Like he is playing so clean, um, pass game, run game. I mean, he always has. As long as he's been healthy, if he's healthy and on the field, he is a problem. Oh, yes. And just it's because of all the things we just talked about, like all those. And then there's an art into running these plays, like even just running wide zone. Like there's a, there's a tendency, there's a cadence, there's a rhythm in it. There's different techniques that we you know we run to or how we run. So right. and just watching him is, has been great. Uh, another guy that I've actually been really impressed with his just his technique and all these things that we're talking about, all these little details. David Montgomery, um, yeah, you know he's he's. He might have the, the flashy numbers that Christian's been having, um, but I feel like he's just been playing really clean football yeah, um, when he, he gets the ball in his hands. Um, 
you know, we got this HN guy that's that's averaging like ten yards a carry. I'm like, what, what are they doing over there in Miami? <laughs> what it's is crazy. happening? <laughs> you know, so it's been it's been interesting watching him because it's not like like some of it's like you know like normal running back plays, but a lot of it's like the sweeps and stuff like that right, that right. they got going on over there. So they're running like not necessarily gadget plays, but just different ways to get him in space. So I think they've been been doing a good job with him. Um, who else? Um, those two have really stuck out to me. Yeah. Are you tuned in to college football? I'm only tuned into my little brother okay. uh, who plays for Wyoming. They're five and one right now. So they're holding it down out there in Wyoming. Why is he's a stud, man? Um, shout out to, to little bro. Um, he plays safety. So he's on the other side of the ball. I think he's like the second lead tackler out there. He got himself a pick and everything. So he's having, having a heck, heck of a year. Right. So that's the only college football I watch though. Hey, listen, I'm not mad at you for plugging your brother. Okay. That's, we got to <laughs> stick together. You want to show right. We're right. shouting at your brother in Wyoming. Keep that's doing right. your thing, man. Cause I was going to ask no you, who do you think are the, are the, the ones next at the running back position. Ooh, yeah, I, I I don't have enough I don't have enough knowledge to even be able to talk about these young bucks because um, it's so it's so different though too. Because even me, like you, were, no one ever knew who the heck I was. You know, I was a special teams guy, and then all of a sudden, I you know my rookie year, I'm getting opportunities and taking advantage of them and continue to build myself up. So um, really, it's like, man, get yourself here, and then I'll start paying attention. Honestly, ah, I like that. I like that. That's pretty yeah. good. Um, or give me give me a reason to pay attention if you're in college, like you know, you like. Like, you know, like stand out. Like, obviously, Bijan was one of those guys that was oh. like, this guy is a dog and like, he's going to have all this stuff. So I'm watching his highlights from college. Like, let me let me see this guy, you know, like and sure enough, here he comes, you know, just a dog out there, you know, um, still a rookie. But, you know, he'll still learn and then continue to get better. But, you know, just absolutely has so much ability that you can just plug right. and play. And then, like I said, as you continue to put the the experience on a guy like that, man, it's like, whoo, no. sky's the limit. Sky is the limit. We need guys, we need guys to continue to set the market. We need guys to continue to make more impact in all positions, honestly, 100%. in all positions, because we, we got to make sure that we're getting new money into all of these positions. And oh, it's not yeah. just going into one position, which is the quarterback, which don't get me wrong. We love these quarterbacks like yourself, you I, know, I, but I, we're trying to, we're trying to get some of the love too. You know? you? <laughs> and, and, and to be honest with you, Bijan being a high draft pick, and playing the way that he's playing right now, and if, and he can continue to sustain that, will make guys at the position be able to get drafted high again. We, we're seeing it kind of trans, translate back to that. Because uh, yeah. m- one of my main concerns about the running back position was where the days of guys like yourself, uh, you know, the Barry Sanders, the Walter Paytons, the Ladanian Tomlinsons. Like, if I was a kid, or if I was a parent of a kid growing up playing running back, and to see what has happened to the position, I would move my kid to a different position. We, no, you no, can't no. say I'm that. Saying, I'm just being you honest. You can't say I'm, that, Austin, man. I'm being honest, oh bro. Oh, my God. You know, I, I would because it, it feels like they're trying to undercut you guys, and I don't want that to happen. I don't. I'm I'm advocating for you. You can check all the receipts. I am there man. with you a thousand percent. Tell me why, if I'm a parent at home, you can't why I that. shouldn't move my kid from running back. Why do you play this game? Okay. Why do you play the game? You play the game to go have an amazing time with your buddies, to go win, right. to go be successful right. in your position. Right. You're not even you're in popcorn. You ain't thinking about the damn NFL. <laughs> what are you talking about? You take think about you talk about NFL. You think you're in the wrong damn spot. Listen. You need to be playing. What, what are you good at right now? Okay. Because that's what you need to be playing. If you're good at running back, you play running back. Now, because what? Guess what? If you're good at it, you're probably gonna have more fun doing it. True. You're probably gonna have more success, which is gonna lead to you know more determination to want to continue to go on and continue to get better. True. And we know how how healthy sports is for us. Yes. And so For you to say, well, uh, you know, the running backs are only making you know fourteen million dollars a year. And, <laughs> Don't do that. You know, that. Don't do that. <laughs> they're only making. Don't 
14 million. Austin, don't do that. So we don't want you to play running back because you're not making 30 like the receivers are. You know, like, come on, man. Here's, come on. here's what I will say. All right. Most guys played running back growing up because, one, it's very hard to throw the football early on in yeah. football. And then, two, you get the ball almost every single play. Right. Yeah. But the, we got parents sending their kids to IMG Academy for seventy five thousand a year and they're not sending them to IMG to play running back. If the receiver's making 30 and the running backs making 14. But you are right. It is not only 14 million. 14 million is a lot of money. There's a lot I of mean, people it, around the world that wish they had 14 million dollars and wish they and wish they could play running back and make that amount absolutely, of money. So I agree. Absolutely. With that. I agree but with that. the the money you can't really put in a like you can't put emphasis on the number. It's really the principle, right? It's principle. I agree. You know, but I just threw that out there because yeah, if you're a kid and you're like, "Ah, well, he doesn't make as much money." You still in retrospect, like in compared to everybody else right. in the general right sense of making money, you make you still make more than Pretty a, much everybody. A lot in the of money. World. No doubt about um, it. So I definitely think it's not a reason, especially if that's your most predominant uh, position you're, bet, you're best at. There's no, in in my opinion, no excuse. And then when did we ever quit when stuff starts getting hard? Ooh, like, come oh, on now. You know, like, okay, preach oh, now. Like, oh, preach like, now. You know, the running backs, the running backs aren't getting paid <laughs> as much as I thought. I think they should be getting paid. And so, you know, I'm just going to quit and I'm going to go play a different position because of that. Like, get out of here with that mindset. If you got that mindset, like, get, like, I can't respect you. I cannot I respect it. that at all. Listen, I, so. I love it. I, I'm saying that from a standpoint of there's a lot of parents. I know, I know. There's a lot of parents out there that plan their kids that plan their kids' lives. Mark uh, Ingram said it. He did Mark say Ingram it. Mark Ingram said he it. I was like, Mark, come on, man. You know better it. than that. He come did on. Say. And, and a running back come saying on. it makes it worse for you guys. Yeah, I'm like, I, I don't think you thought it through. We need to have a discussion. I think you changed my mind, Austin. You changed my mind. Listen, I don't have any sons right now. My daughter's dang sure I play running back. But if if we do have that situation and we do have a son. I would not make there him not play running back just for you because you just convinced me that Don't the kids should still be playing. Do it for yourself and your own integrity. There you How go. About that? There you go. We're going to be integrity people here. All right. So, Austin, we talk about running backs and what the position is and and just how complex it really is that people don't understand. But what they also don't understand is how impactful the relationship between the quarterback and the running back is. So you've got one of the best quarterbacks in the league that's throwing it around and, and calling the signals for you guys and Justin Herbert. You know, just talk to us a little bit about your relationship with him and how it's evolved over the years. You know, just as far as just relationships in general on an NFL team, um, it's, it's a lot different than, than college was. Um, and, and you know this, you know this in college, right? You, you're in this community, you're around each other all the time, <laughs> right. you know, seems like you never get a, away from each other. So you, you build this like more brotherhood. Well, when it comes to the NFL, um, the brotherhood, I feel like is really built around respect. Understood. Um, and you have to earn that, yep. right? You have to earn respect. It's not something you just get in like, oh, you were a stud in college. Like no one cares. You know, like <laughs> right. there's a lot of people like are in the NFL that were studs in college Correct. that end up being even better or, or, or come out and bust. Correct. And everything in between. And so for for us, you know, in, in the locker room, um, that respect has, has been earned. And for him, he's continued to build himself up um, and, and gain trust in with, with me because I do a lot for him. And I, I think one of the things that shows kind of how much he respects me is he, to this day, like when you ask him questions, like what impresses you most about Austin? He always refers to my past blocking. <laughs> like, and so like, if that doesn't show you that this guy is like, I, I love Austin, you know, like this guy could block his ass off. Right, right. He, does, he doesn't, you know, um, he's not talking about like him throwing me the ball or anything. He's like, this guy protects me, you know? And so for me, that's like our relationship. It's, it's definitely a business relationship. Um, you know, it's like, it's that trust that we built within each other. Gotcha. Like when we're on the field, we know, hey, 
we got to be leaders out here. We got to make an impact. Um, but it's more of that that's just respect factor through the play right. um, that our, our relationship lies within. Now, now, yeah. when he first came in, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Tyrod was a starter initially. Yep. Correct. So yes. when you met Justin for the first time in the locker room, how was he? Um, shoot, honestly, I, I really don't even remember. <laughs> Man, rookies coming in, like, I don't care who you are, your quarterback, your first round pick. It's like training camp, I'm locked in, okay. man. Like, you got to worry about you. You know how you know how training camp is, yeah. man. It's like this is time for us to like we got to get ready. Like I got those ninety guys on the roster. You know, even if you're a starter, you got to reestablish yourself. Right. And it's like okay, yep, you're dominant. You're, that's what have you been doing all off season. Let's see it again because uh, you got guys that are you know new coming trying to take your job. And so right. all I remember in training camp, every training camp is like I am so locked into just doing my job. Gotcha. Uh, but I do remember having flashes of. Of Justin, you know, like showing his ability to run and throw the throw it on the run. I remember him having some big plays like that. And then we didn't have preseason that year um, because it's COVID, and so it wasn't like we saw him in preseason or anything like that. It was like, oh yeah, this guy seems like he could be pretty good, you know? Right? Sure. <laughs> we got Tyrod, who's who's our next guy. Right. You know, that's who we got this year. And then you know this fluke injury thing happens, with, like the lung and all that stuff, yep. and then. Here's Justin playing, and then all of a sudden he just kind of forced his way into that starting spot. He really spot. did, though. Um, and then the rest is history, you know. But um, yeah, I just remember him kind of just, you know, just being just quiet, just really just trying to, you know, continue to to play ball. Man right. loves football. Like I asked him one time, like I was like, man, maybe it wasn't me. I had I think I had him on my show, um, and we were asking like, like, what would you be doing if you were playing football? He's like, I'd be coaching football. Oh, like okay. this man just wants to he live, breathe. Fo- it reminds me of Philip Rivers. Oh, okay, you know? okay, um, okay. I came in with Philip Rivers. Yes, you did. And so I played with him for three years and this man, he, he was, he had his huge family. There's like nine kids. He has, 10 he has now. a lot of kids. I first saw him. I thought they were doing a meet and greet. That's a, that's a different story. That's <laughs> a meet and greet. He's got so many kids. It's a meet and greet. That's oh. a different story. Uh, but man, like a guy that just really loves football. And, and when you have a guy like that, especially at that position, as you know, like you have to be so in tune with all the calls, all the checks, you know, what's the defense, what's the coverage, what's the run. All this stuff where it's like, man, as a running back, I'm glad, you know, I don't have to do all that. Honestly, I just right. give me the ball. And let me focus on my keys. But great guy to have in that position because I know he's going to have a great long career. Oh, no, for sure. He's one of the special yeah. ones. And you help him. And you mentioned that the relationship on like the business side of it, like business of the NFL in the locker room isn't money. It's doing your job. Right. Right. Is he going to protect me? I know as a quarterback, when I had Alfred Morris and I had Roy Halu Jr. and I had Evan Royster, one of the biggest plays of my career that keeps getting played on repeat on Twitter was this 70 yard run or I can't remember how long it was against the Minnesota Mm -hmm. Vikings. And what people don't understand is the only reason I was able to have that run. It wasn't a quarterback draw. We had a double A gap blitz. And Evan Royster mm. stepped up and he blocked the Mike linebacker on that blitz right. and stalmated him at the line of scrimmage. Now, mm-hmm. I decided to run on that play pretty much as soon as I got the ball. And if he didn't mm-hmm. make that block, I don't I don't skinny through the line and run down the sideline and outrun Harrison Smith for a touchdown. So when I think of running backs, yes, I, I really did enjoy handing the football off and watching these guys run for 15 yards and truck people. That is a very enjoyable mm-hmm. experience, Austin. I can't lie. And I'm sure Justin sure. has the same one with you, but I knew that if he was blocking three jet or blocking two jet and having to scan across, go left. I was, that's my blind side. 
mm-hmm. it's not just the left tackle that's protecting my blind side, but it's also oftentimes right. the running back. So I know for a fact that he really appreciates you doing that for him. And no I, doubt. I certainly appreciate no it from my guys. you know guys. how it is. I'm curious, like, even with you in training camp, like, you know, as a quarterback, like, you ain't, like, sure, you want to, like, be around your guys, but you ain't got time to be hanging out and, you know, be buddy-buddy. <laughs> like, we got a job to do. And we got a lot of pressure on us, especially in your position, right. you know. It's how it goes. It is how it goes sometimes. And, and I think your point about college versus the pro is spot on because I had to learn that in my time early in my career. It's like, I'm going to class with these guys in college. We're we're lifting yeah. weights together, you know, coming back yep. doing seven on seven. Uh, when yep. it's the weekend and guys are from California, they're not going to California. They're coming to mm-hmm. my house and we're hanging out and we're playing mm-hmm. video games. Well, in the, you get the spring season, exactly. you know, like it, all that, you know, in, yeah. in the pros, yeah. man, like, Guys have families. Yeah. See ya. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Philip Philip Rivers did not want to come hang out with me on Saturday nights. You know, he, he's he got nine kids to go take care of. During, you know, guys have families, so it, it actually takes yeah. more work and it puts more emphasis on what you said. Just doing your job at a really high level, yeah. so that guys respect you, and then mm-hmm. everything else falls into place, and you and the relationships grow. And I, I, I'm interested, like, just on your take or your, how you feel about like a guy like Lamar Jackson with the Baltimore Ravens. They bring in all these new guys. He's got a new offensive coordinator. They bring in OBJ. They bring in Zay Flowers, the rookie. And I think people at home don't understand how hard it is to like truly mesh that fast yeah. in one off season when you don't really have everything clicking for you. Just what, how right. do you feel about that? Or have you had a moment like that in your career where it was like, all right, we're not clicking right now, but then later in the year, it turned into magic. Yeah. And when you throw rookies into a mix of, you know, trying to click, um, that definitely has a hindrance there. And it's, it's something we were talking about earlier, actually, where it's like my rookie year, I was like, I, I'm trying to do the best I can. I'm trying to understand this. I got to play special teams as well as offense. So right. there's sometimes I'm not in the right spot. I remember Philip yelling at me, Austin, I need you. I need you. I'm getting out late in the coverage. You know, he's getting, he's trying to give me the ball and I'm, I'm like, I'm hesitant. I'm thinking too much. Right. And so there's different progressions that all of us take. We all have a different journey in the NFL. And then especially when you have younger receivers, um, or just younger players in general, you don't know how quick they're going to be able to catch on. Um, sometimes they can get it in, in the first year and then have an amazing rookie year. Sometimes it takes a couple years. Sometimes they never get it and they actually just get ran out of the league. Um, like there's all of these different scenarios. And when you talk about meshing, I think it goes it goes beyond just, you know, the receiver quarterback position. It's, you know, how is our O-line? Is, you know, are we calling the right plays to get our guys in the best positioning? Um, so there's a whole chemistry that runs through the entire organization. You know, how do we go to meetings? What, what do we... What's are we what are we allowing? You know, uh, are, are people on time? Like, is there a standard that's withheld? Like all of these things that make a difference because it, it shows up in little ways on Sundays, okay. which is the test day. I like that. the test day. So you go through this practice, you know, all of us, all of us are trying to practice, continue to build ourselves up. Um, if people are missing things, if people aren't putting in the right time, um, we're at a professional level. So that's probably not what you're dealing with. It's probably, you know, people trying to maybe just trying to understand football, trying to get in the right spots, maybe not in the right spot. Maybe you're just getting, you know, outworked. Maybe right. you're getting out schemes. So there's so many different factors to why you can't click. It's not something that we can put a finger on. You know this. Yep. Um, and it can be different game to game. You might be like, okay, Maybe we're turning the ball over too much. All right, let's get our <laughs> let's get that under control. All Correct. right, we got that under control, and now we can't run the ball for more than two yards a carry. Right. You know, it's like okay, now our running game needs work. You know, so it's like 
it's that's why football is so amazing. Yeah. You, like you know, you know yeah, how it is, man. It's, every time you're like you're almost trying to find ways to get better, and and right when you focus on one thing, it's not that something else lacks. It's just. It's the way that football goes. You focus on carrying the ball, then it's like, all right, well, how do I make sure my yards per carry is still high? How do I make sure I'm still reading the linebackers and whether they're going over the top or they're shooting gaps? All those things come into come into play when you're playing the position. And speaking of playing the position, for you, you talked about how as a rookie, you came in, you didn't really know what was going on. Uh, do you have any, any, whoa, 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 whoa. No, let's not no, say I didn't no, know what was going okay. on. Listen, you, didn't, gonna, you, didn't, you didn't know, it was just, you didn't know what you didn't know. It was just an know. overload of information and I wasn't able to process it see, as quickly as I would see, like. See, Austin understands but, this. Yeah. Okay. He understands yes, that, yes. that words matter. Okay. Words, <laughs> they do words matter. So much. All right. So <laughs> yeah. you came in and you didn't know what you didn't know. So Correct. as a rookie or second year player, third year player, do you have any like stories of like when you really messed something up that, that stuck with you forever and Ooh, and, and made yeah. you like this is never going to happen again? Well, a funny one actually is uh, with Philip Rivers. Um, so this is actually my rookie year. And for those of you that don't know, Philip Rivers was not the most mobile guy, especially <laughs> at the end of his career. He was not. Uh, no. So he, he, and he knows this, you know, and I found out the hard way. Um, so we're playing Jacksonville. And he starts scrambling out to my side. I think I had like a little smoke route, which is just, I just basically stand there. Yep. You know, I'm just like, okay, here I'm open. If we have a bunch of verticals going down and it was man coverage. And if you have man on man and you're standing there, you're not getting the ball. Right. Um, but here comes Philip running my way. And I'm like, ah, crap. Um, what am I going to do? <laughs> like, he's running my way. Like, do I go deep? And so I didn't really know scramble rules at the time. This is like my fifth game in the league. And so there's things called scramble rules. So when the quarterback gets out of the pocket, you know, Rob, as you know, like yeah. everyone's going to a spot. Like if you're going to the right, we're trying to get a guy long, trying to get a guy coming across the middle. Maybe there's a, a sneak or sleeper guy that's hanging in the middle of the field. Like all these spots we're trying to get to. Right. Um, and so I'm sitting there and he starts running at me. And I, just, I, I go, I blocked my guy. <laughs> I blocked my guy. And he's yelling, Eckler, Eckler, before he even gets tackled. And as he's getting tackled, he's yelling, Eckler, Eckler. And I'm like, what? But he's like, I'm not going to run the ball. And I'm like, ah, yeah, I probably should have known that. I probably should have known you're not going to run the ball. And I'm, I'm like blocking my guy, like, run, baby, run. You know? This man's longest career run is like 12 yards or oh, something like that. And it was and so, a painful 12 that, yards to watch for yeah, sure. And so that was that was one that, yeah, is uh, that sticks on my on my brain um, with Phillip. That was a, a learning lesson. But here, the thing with Phillip, he always came back after the game and would be like, hey, man, like, I'm not going to run the ball, but hey, you know, maybe it was a little hard on you, but hey, we're still good. Like he had that respect factor to always come back. I appreciate it. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. So yeah. how about yourself? How uh, about yourself? Some early oh, in your career? Boys, he's asking me a question. <laughs> um, my biggest screw so, up. One that stands out anyway, a learning lesson. Biggest screw up moment for me. I would say my biggest, my biggest screw up moment on the field turned into a touchdown. Uh, we were running, wow, okay. we were running triple option. And, yeah. and I, you know, I fake it. We got Brandon Banks coming around. I fake it to Brandon Banks. I'm, I'm running outside. I'm, I'm trying to get to the safety, right, to pitch it off the safety. Right. Well, I get up to the safety. We're probably 12 yards downfield at this point. And mm -hmm. I have the ball in both hands like I'm getting ready to pitch. Right. And he hits me like harder than I thought he was going to hit me, Austin. Mm. And I fumbled the ball, right? Mm. But it looked like I pitched it. So, so I'm, so I'm running and I'm like, oh, here's the safety. Boom. He hits me so hard. I'm like, oh my God, this is my rookie year. So it's like, okay, you know, these guys are hitting a little bit different here. And mm -hmm. the ball comes out and Josh Morgan receiver 
catches it on the sideline. He's my pitch guy. He catches it on the sideline and runs it in for a touchdown. And I'm like, wow. Holy cow. I'm watching it right now. As we speak, I'm watching it. I bet you are. (laughs) So I'm like, uh, after the game, they come to me and they ask, they're like, hey, RG, was that a pitch or a fumble? And like tongue in cheek, I'm like, it was a pitch. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. That was a pitch. What do you mean? It was a pitch. What do you mean it was a pitch? Like everybody knew it was clearly a fumble, but uh, that was probably my biggest screw up moment that that actually turned into something great. So I was was happy. I was was happy about that. Yeah. I was and look, I mean, it's football, so we know there's a lot of things that we could do better, you know. 1,000%. Um, ball security you know, is one of them. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Number one. There's a lot of people that depend on us hanging on to that thing. Oh, the, the, like they say in college, the, the ball is the program, and in the NFL, the ball is your job. If you don't protect the ball, yeah. you don't have a job. Yeah. So now. I see I see a headline. Sorry, one last thing. I no, see go ahead, go ahead. RG3, adamant he didn't fumble. <laughs> 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 it wasn't a fumble. I'm it telling you, dog. It was a pitch. I pitched it to him. No, that was great. It That's was clear. Great. It was clearly a fumble. Nice. Nice. Uh, so let's get the real numbers here. What do you actually bench and what do you actually squat? Max. Ooh, definitely not doing what I used to. But the, the most I've ever done, and really my knees really started to hurt, was the 515 for three. Ooh. And so, like, like I said, God. I'm 5'8", 195, mm-hmm. you know, and so it's like, oh, I've seen guys squat more than that, but not when they're 5'8", 195. No. And so that's where that's where I get, like, the pound for pound um, uh, nickname because it's, it's the ratios, that's right? Like of, three you times know, how big is your weight, body. bro. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And then the most I've ever benched was 365. And so, you know, nothing, nothing – astronomical but again but it's like you look at my body so it was funny i've always lifted with the big guys <laughs> and run with the small guys i mean you know? that's impressive i mean 365 and 515 so yeah. so, so yeah I, i'm not for three reps for, for three, three reps, reps. listen i understand I, I know all about knees okay let's let's just yeah, we, yeah. we know that's a fact yeah. i've had two of them yeah. bad boys and uh mm-hmm. it's not the funnest thing in the world but i can still run a four three don't you dare test me. You heard it here I, first. Heard it here. Someone clip that. Someone <laughs> clip that. We need we need evidence. I, I, I want to see the money where the mouth is. Hey, right man, there. I might go run it, run rich, run again. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to show you exactly what I got. But uh, you're coming back from your injury from the last three yeah. weeks. I don't know if we're making that official, but we're hoping to see you on the field come Monday night. What are you looking most forward to in that return game? Man, we've been talking about it all night is making an impact. You know, when you're on the sideline and you're away from the game, I mean, you can speak on this maybe too, you know, being on the other side um, of the retired where it's like you realize how much you love this game and being around it. Um, And even if you're in a position where you might be like ready to move on from it, you know, ready to retire, I'm not even close to that. But I feel like there's still going to be some point or some aspect I'm going to miss as far as being around the team, being around the structure, you know, being on TV, being out there doing the interviews, making an impact. And so that's what I'm looking forward to most, man. And Monday night football is making a flipping impact and helping those boys go out there and try to win this game. No, I I certainly believe you will make an impact. And when you talk about like helping your guys since you've been out, just how impressed have you been with guy the guys on your team? How do you think they've been playing? And I mean, Khalil Mack basically made all pro already, uh, getting six <laughs> sacks in a game. Derwin James is balling out. Just how have you been impressed with the defense? And then what do you think about how the offense have been, yeah. has been playing? Yeah, man, our, our team, you know, we go through some ups and downs. Right. We have been for, for a little bit. And, um, you know, it's it's always a fight. The NFL is always a fight, and in particular with, with our team in the past few years. And, no, not being a part of it sucks. Uh, right. But – I just love the way our guys compete. I love the way our guys go out there and play. One thing that you cannot, one thing that you cannot dispute is that we are giving 100% effort. Like when you put on the tape, you watch these guys playing their hearts out, man. And 
being around that is really special. Whether you win or lose, obviously you want to win, but being on a team like that where you feel like these guys believe in each other, believe in the plan, believe in the coaches, believe that they're going to put themselves in the best position right. to win this game, it's special, man. It's so unique and it's so hard to, to you know, emulate that out in any other thing. And so for me, it's like, mm, that's what I'm proud about uh, of watching these guys. Win or lose, right. that's that's something I can hang my hat on and respect and be happy to be a part of. Oh, man, that's that's special. That's beautiful the way you said that. My last true football question for you is Monday night. You got a guy like Micah Parsons, uh, Cowboys coming off, getting embarrassed by the 49ers. Like for you in the running game and in pass protection, how do you account for a guy like Micah? Yeah, we call people like Micah, uh, we call them werewolves. Um, like these guys are some straight up werewolves, man. Like that's what it is. It is the truth. It's the truth, you know, though. Like these, these guys are these guys are different, and there's a lot of them. We you know we just played Max Crosby, another werewolf, right? And so, as you know, we gotta have a plan for these guys, right. and it's it's getting multi. How can we get multiple hands on this guy? And we know they're gonna line him up all over the place. He's gonna be playing linebacker. He's gonna be on the right edge, the, the left edge. He's gonna be on the three technique. He's gonna be over the nose. Right. You know, there's gonna be so many things. So we have to, what's the plan? And you know, I think our offense is. You know, I've been so impressed with our game plans that we've come up with. You know, we saw um, versus our the game versus the Vikings. They pressured us on like 85% of our dropbacks. Right. Um, and so we were blocking. We were doing O-line simulator the entire game as running backs. You know, I'm watching Joshua Kelly and Isaiah Spiller just block, 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 right. block. You know, and so it's it might be one of those games where we got to help out a little bit more. We might not be accessible okay. um, for some of these checkdowns like we usually are. And so there's always a plan. There's always a plan. Like we understand the magnitude of, of blocking these people, and especially a guy like that, and getting make multiple hands on those right. um, those guys. And guess what? What we're playing for him, no no doubt. He's earned that respect. He has earned that to respect. Get, to get double chipped. He has. So um, congrats. But now we see you. <laughs> my last question for you, Austin. I do my homework. I studied about you. I, I read up a bunch of articles about what you've been through and, you know, being a zero star recruit coming out of high school having an amazing high school career, uh, going to college, um, not getting the the opportunity to be drafted into the NFL despite having an amazing college career. Um, so I want to ask you, what was it or what was the one thing that made you keep going despite all of your efforts going unnoticed coming out of high school and coming out of college? What was the one thing that made you keep striving to achieve your goals? Yeah, um, and I wouldn't have been able to articulate this when I was going through it. Um, but now that I've gotten more mature and I've been kind of self-reflecting on that same question, um, what I was doing at the time when I was continuing to progress my, my life and my journey was I was solely focusing on taking advantage of the now. Right. And now I can articulate that to what I was doing, which was I was creating my opportunities within the current one that I had for the future. Um, I was earning a, an opportunity that I would have for the future. Right. And it wasn't always to the magnitude that I desired, but I wasn't focused on that. Right. I was really focused on what do I have right now? And when it was high school, how can I just dominate with right now and get myself to a position where I can go maybe pay for my school? Right. And that's all I was all I was focusing on. And for me, I ended up be, being at a Division two school. Right. I didn't get any with Division one offers. Maybe I was too small. Actually, quick story. My current running back coach, coach to Iowa, I was like, hey, this is me <laughs> coming out of high school. I was like, this is me coming out of high school. I had 43 touchdowns, yep. 2,400 rushing yards. Yes, you did. He was like, wow, okay, that's good. But I was like, however, I was... 5'8", 185. And I wasn't 
I wasn't blazing fast. Right. It's like, oh, no, I wouldn't have recruited you. I'm like, exactly. So that's what I was dealing with. Right. So I ended up going to a division two school, same mindset. I'm like, okay, let me dominate now. My next opportunity in life is probably going to be my education. So let me focus on my education, but I need to pay for my education with football. Okay. So those are my two priorities right now. Let me just freaking maximize those. Let me put so much effort into those. It was easy because I went to a tiny school up in the mountains right. where it was like two guys to every one girl. And so the parties were all guys. And I was like, nah, that, that got old real quick. Um, <laughs> and I'm locked in. I'm in the weight room. I fall in love with the weight room back in high school. Yeah, we're getting deep here. We're getting the details. I like it. Um, I fall in love with the weight room back in high school. And that becomes kind of my outlet. It carries over into college. And so what am I doing? I'm building up this this person, right? This building up this best version of myself right. that is continuing to ball up this opportunity that's coming for myself. I don't know what it's going to be, but it's going to be something. And I know that because I'm doing well with what I have at the moment. And I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't thinking about like this when I was that age, I was just like, okay, focus, focus right now, focus. And then I get an opportunity to go uh, into my job field, um, get an offer, um, go on an internship, everything like that. Like, boom, okay. My education is paying off. This is great. I'm paying for it. I'm not gonna have any student debt. Right. Um, and guess what? NFL comes. My coach after my junior year is like, hey, man, you have NFL scouts asking about you. And I'm like, who? <laughs> like, there's not been one guy from my school that's made it to the NFL. I'm like, who's who's I'm not thinking about the NFL at all. Right. NFL who? So I'm like, oh, man, like, really? Like, OK, cool. Like, let me start looking into this a little bit more. And, uh, you know, I finish out my senior year and I tell my coach after that, I was like, look, I'm not going to come back and finish my last year of school. This is an opportunity right now for me to go train and try to get into this. And so use that same mindset and went into the training, went to the training, ended up getting on on the Chargers. I'm playing special teams. I haven't played a down of special teams in my life. Right. Lead the league in my first year in tackles on punt. Um, whatever I was put in front of me, I was just immersed. My mind and my body were immersed in the opportunity. I was going to apply every ounce of myself so that at the end of the day, what was it? It was everything that you could have got out of Austin Eckler. Right. So maybe it would be a result that I want it to be. Maybe it'll be a different way. But no, regardless, there's going to be some opportunity that comes from my current efforts at the current time. Wow. And so that's how I've been able to progress through my career and where I, I still continue to progress today. Because in my mind, I'm still that number three out there that I had to prove everything because right. I still have to prove everything. And that's why I continue to le learn the game like I have. And that's why I continue to continue to, you know, have success, even though I'm, you know, 5'8", 195, but I've been playing, you know, seven years now right. and leading, you know, and all the stats and all that. And it's like, I ain't done. And that's just on the football field. Right. I haven't talked about off the football oh, field. You're doing a Did lot you see the, the empire I'm building there. It's freaking insane. Um, but um, I digress because I could go on for days. No, man, I want you to I want you to know that not only do I feel motivated, I'm sure the people listening at home will feel motivated uh, from hearing you speak. And the message is clear. Focus on the now. Focus on what you can do now. I would love to, to leave you with this message and it really everyone with this message where it's like you have the current opportunity to earn what is to come for yourself. Mm. You haven't earned it yet. Like you, you are earning it right now. And when you realize that like, I'm earning my future opportunity, ooh, that like the, a switch has got to flip. Like, okay, how big do I want this thing to be? Because right. it's going to reflect your current efforts. Okay. If your current efforts are kind of steady and chill, well, guess what? Your opportunity is probably not going to be as advantageous. It's probably going to be steady and chill, which maybe is not going to you know rank you up to where you're trying to go right. as far as if it's your job, if it's even in your family life, it's with your kids, if it's, you know, there's so many things that applies to you. So yes, your current opportunity is helping you earn what's coming next. So man, I digress. Well, I will say this, brother. Uh, I'm very thankful for you coming on the show. This is a great conversation. This is not an interview. We we just have a nice conversation <laughs> amongst, no doubt, no amongst no our peers. And I just want you to know that a big message for this show is to allow people to come in, get a snapshot of what it means to be one of those one-on-one -on -one type guys. 
so that they can take it off into their life and become one of those one of ones. So I want to thank you for coming on the show, man. Uh, it's been an amazing yeah. conversation. And uh, we all yes. look forward to seeing you go out there and do your thing, make an impact on Monday Night Football and, and for the impact. rest of the season. I love it. I love it. And you go. can do it off the field. All y'all will go make an impact out there that are listening. I appreciate you, though, Rob. Thanks for having me on, man. You guys know I'm always looking fresh, but I also make sure my meals are nice and just as fresh because your body is your temple, people. So this week's episode of RG3 of the Ones is sponsored by HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. A new season calls for new meals, and HelloFresh has a fresh fall lineup of delicious dinners and more to choose from. Take your pick from 40 weekly recipes that suit your lifestyle from veggie to family friendly to fit and wholesome. HelloFresh is more than just din din. You can also stock your fridge with easy breakfasts, quick lunches, and fresh snacks. We like snacks. Just shop HelloFresh Market and add any of these tasty time-saving solutions to your weekly box. We like the weekly box. When you get HelloFresh, you know you're getting top-notch produce since it travels from the farm to your door in less than seven days. That's what I call fresh. Go to HelloFresh.com backslash 50RG3 and use code 50RG3 for 50% off plus 15% off the next two months. What? Like Once again, go to HelloFresh.com slash 50RG3 and use code 50RG3 for 50% off plus 15% off the next two months. Wow, that's a great deal. This episode of RG3 and the Ones is sponsored by BetterHelp. To be one of one, you got to make sure you're staying on top of your mental health and getting the help you need to keep on changing the game. It's professional, it's affordable, it's convenient, and it's effective. BetterHelp offers you therapy that is convenient from a large range of licensed therapists, and all you have to do is pay a low, flat fee for your sessions. Like many athletes, you may find yourself always on the go. And BetterHelp's mission is to make sure anyone can get the help they need anytime and anywhere. BetterHelp brings you licensed and experienced professionals from marriage therapists, because as they say, happy wife, happy life, to family therapists, if your kids are getting on your nerves, to counselors and social workers at the click of a button. Get the help you need and become the best version of yourself with BetterHelp by going to betterhelp.com backslash RG3. And if you get started today, you can actually receive 10% off your first month of therapy. Once again, want to say thank you to the man, the myth, the legend, Austin Eckler, for coming on RG3 and the Ones and having an amazing conversation. But now it's time to get on to the Ones to Watch. Now, these are the guys that we're going to have you looking at coming into this next week of football that we believe are going to be dynamic playmakers in whatever situations that they're in. So the first one. It's going to be Kansas City Chiefs running back Isaiah Pacheco. Now, Isaiah is an amazing guy. He actually runs like he's angry at the ground. Like when you watch this guy run, it looks painful for whether it's turf or grass because he is pounding, pounding, pounding away. But this week he's going up against the Denver Broncos, okay, on Thursday night football. The Denver Broncos are the 32nd ranked defense against the run. They just gave up 177 yards rushing to New York Jets running back Brees Hall. Now, the reason this is even more impactful is, you know, sometimes week to week teams can, you know, solidify some of their weaknesses. But the reason Pacheco is the guy to watch this week is because the Kansas City Chiefs don't really have a true number one wide receiver. 
So that means it's going to be more of a load on him running the football and catching the ball out of the backfield. But not just that. This week, Travis Kelsey is also coming off of an ankle injury from the past game. So if you're Patrick Mahomes and you don't truly have a number one wide receiver, your number one tight end and your security blanket is a little bit hampered. There might be a little bit more of handing the ball off to Isaiah Pacheco and throwing it to him. So make sure you keep your eyes on Pacheco. The second guy is going to be Minnesota Vikings wide receiver, Jordan Addison. Now He's a rookie, but this guy's a baller. But that's not the only reason I want you to keep your eyes on him. It's not just because he's a good player, and it's not just because Justin Jefferson got put on IR, but it's also because they're playing against the Chicago Bears. Last time I checked, just about everybody has been torching the Bears. So look for Kirk Cousins to look for Jordan Addison early and often in the football game and expect him to put up big numbers. Let's get to the one to watch in college. We got a massive, massive game between Washington and Oregon. They're number seven and number eight in the country. And we've got two Heisman Trophy quarterbacks going up against each other, or should I say Heisman Trophy candidates going up against each other with Michael Penix Jr. from Washington and Bo Nix from Oregon. Now, I want you to keep your eyes on Bo Nix because Bo Nix might have the single greatest Heisman moment of the year so far. And it was when they beat Deion Sanders, Coach Prime, Shadur Sanders in Colorado on national TV with millions upon millions and millions of people watching. Bo Nix was dominant in that game, running the football, throwing the football, decision making. He looked incredible. And because of that prime effect, everyone saw it. But there's going to be a lot of people watching this game as well. And if Bo Nix can find a way to play at an extremely high level like he has all year and beat Michael Penix Jr. in Washington, he will shoot all the way up to the top of the Heisman standings. All right, people, that's a wrap for episode four of RG3 and the Ones. I want to say a special shout out to Austin Eckler for joining the show. And make sure all of you listening right now, subscribe to our YouTube page at RG3 and the Ones. Subscribe and listen wherever you get podcasts and know that we will be dropping new episodes every single Thursday. And you can keep up with us on social media at RG3 and the Ones. None of this stuff is possible without you guys' support, but I also want you to know that RG3 and the Ones is presented by Way Sports and Entertainment in partnership with Whispering Oaks Productions. And this show with what I do would not be possible without my producers and everyone on the back end making this show come together. So I want to say thank you to them. They may not be in front of the camera, but they're doing all the work behind the camera. So follow us on all our social media, like I said before, and look for those new episodes every single Thursday. Until then, peace. <laughs>